Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dylan Holman, and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years in the markets. Hi, everyone. How are you? The podcast has a simple format, which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week, we're looking at DocuSign, Facebook, and Boeing. But first things first, though, Henry, how's your week been? Well, the week has been um, pretty pretty good. Um, if you have uh, listened to last week's um, podcast, we talked about potential US dollar getting stronger. Now, US dollar hasn't changed at all, but what has happened is GBP has got much weaker over the last week or 10 days, which means it's been very, very good for anyone who has been uh, a foreign exchange trader. We talked about also Bitcoin potentially being a little bit flat. It has now dropped to about 8,600, so... Any of these short traders have, have, have enjoyed that little bit of a move. And as we know, stocks have, have been continuously going up over the last week or so. So it's been, it's been quite positive across the market altogether, Dylan. Sounds encouraging. Okay, well, let's move on to topic one then, which is DocuSign. So DocuSign allows organizations to manage electronic agreements. I think they pretty much become the standard way of getting contracts signed these days. Um, and they claim to now have over 500,000 customers and hundreds of millions of users in more than 180 countries. So they truly are a global company. To be, to be fair, Dylan, their, their growth over the last couple of years has just been phenomenal. And um, they've just gone on further from strength to strength, to be honest. Well, that's it. Their share price over the last six months has grown over 100%. And their revenues in Q1 was up 37% year on year. So how have they been able to achieve such growth? You say 100% and, and that doesn't give anywhere near the full story. Look, DocuSign was actually only floated in April 2018 and it was sold at $31. It's now at this particular moment 171 which is a 466% rise in two short years. Wow. <laughs> which, is, which is huge. Now, this podcast is now nearly turning into a tech podcast because we seem to be talking about these tech companies over and over again, the likes of the Zooms, the likes of the DocuSigns. But the thing is, is they have gone on from strength to strength. Why? Because they are making people's lives easier. You're, you're able to get them out of a touch of a mouse. We used to have to print it off, you have to sign it, and then you'd have to scan it. Whereas they say 46% of people who use DocuSign have actually signed it within 15 minutes, which would probably take you 15 minutes to print it off, look through it, read it, sign it, and then scan it back to the person. Um, it used to be such a pain in the bum <laughs> doing that process. Oh my God, I spent hours doing it. Now, as you say, one click, boom, done. Absolutely. The, the hardest part now was actually reading through, reading through everything um, or remembering your password. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest thing about it at the moment. But it, it, the, the, the rise of these companies have, have been phenomenal. And the pandemic has just brought the likes of these just to the forefront. It's absolutely gone from strength to strength. And I, I, can, I can see it continue going because people are going to continue work from home and they will continue using the likes of these services. Why? Because it's actually easier than doing it the other way. With people working from home now, DocuSign in the same way the Zoom, it's just becoming the absolute go-to online platform to use for contracts now. 
you know, no one really has a printer in their office at home anymore. Scanners, probably not. And so just being able to do it, is, as I say, clicking the button just makes everything so much smoother and quicker. I, I agree with you. I was flying back to Ireland and Ryanair insists on you printing out your boarding pass at a certain point. I actually took me two hours to find somewhere I could actually print it off. <laughs> um, and I, obviously that was before the pandemic. But And, that, and that's, that's the thing about it is that everything online is now becoming easier and easier for people. Yeah, we're just becoming a paperless society. And so I can see DocuSign continuing to go from strength to strength. One thing that has happened to DocuSign very recently is that they've been added to the NASDAQ last month, replacing United Airlines in the index and joining, as we've mentioned before, the likes of Zoom. Why is it such a good thing for a company like DocuSign to be part of the NASDAQ? Uh, well, look, first and foremost is is to bring it back to sort of footballers. When someone is out of contract, they generally start playing well. Why? Because they're in the shop window. And it's the same here with DocuSign. It puts them in, in the shop window. It also puts, brings them to the forefront of people's minds. Is a lot of people who are investing will literally pull up the NASDAQ, pull up the list of companies in there, and just start investing in the ones that are, that are doing well. And, and as we can see, DocuSign is, is there. Now, they have just entered the, the table with the big boys. Everyone take notes of the newsbees who are popping up in these index over the last six months because they have skyrocketed rocketed the new one the newbies the likes of the the docusigns the likes of the zooms the likes of those e-commerce platforms shopify i've just gone on adobe they've all gone on from sort of strength to strength through this pandemic and why because it it just means that everything is easier but something to be aware of is that once these companies continue with their rapid growth they sometimes fail to become profitable okay because we're investing so much money into the growth DocuSign shouldn't have this problem. It's one of these companies that has been profitable throughout the likes of this expansion growth, which has been absolutely phenomenal. So it's one of these things that should go on from strength to strength. And the consensus out there is that it will continue growing over the next three to four years as well. So it is definitely one of these ones that you should have in the sort of portfolio where you're looking for growth, but you're also looking for a return on investment. Great. Well, let's move on to topic two then, which is Facebook. Now, Facebook have been hitting the headlines this week with major companies such as Microsoft, Starbucks, Levi's, Coca-Cola, and I could go on, basically boycotting advertising on the social media platform along with Facebook-owned Instagram. This is a bit of a big deal. There's been an argument between Twitter's Jack Dorsey and Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg over comments on Twitter that Donald Trump made. Now, I understand that this is a little bit wow that Donald Trump has made comments that it started an argument between two people, <laughs> but these are two of the biggest social platforms out there. And Twitter actually took down Donald Trump's tweet because it was inciting violence. Now, Mark Zuckerberg jumped on that and said, well, look, why are you doing that? It's freedom of speech. There's people can say what they want to say. And Jack Dorsey came back and said that once using his platform, he will try to keep that as transparent as possible, which is actually really, really nice to hear. But um, you have Mark Zuckerberg come out and said that, well, look, it's freedom of speech. Why would you, why would you do that? It, it, it's a platform. Let people do what they want to on the platform. Now, and this is where it all sort of stems from. People now have jumped on this because it's not only the likes of Donald Trump. It's going on from Black Lives Matters to fake news to stuff like that. So it's, it's now sort of a snowball as after happened and it's now starting to catch some traction. 
Yeah, as you say, this is all due to concerns around the divisive content that's been spreading on these platforms. We've obviously got the next US presidency elections coming up later this year. And so there's a particular thought process behind some of these big companies that they don't want to be associated with platforms that could be inciting violence or other bad behavior. And so they've effectively just boycotted Facebook. What have Facebook tried to do off the back of this then to try and rectify the problem? Because over the last week, they've seen their share price fall more than 10%. See, you, you talk about there about fake news. You had the presidentship uh, la- a couple of years ago when Hillary and Donald Trump was actually running. You had massive fake news and the general consensus is that Facebook actually got Donald Trump in. Now, whether that's true to our lives, we will, we will never know as members of the public, but this is the extent of it that once something is snowballed, something that happens online, it goes viral. And then all of a sudden then, people start to believe it, whether, whether it's true to our lives. Why? Because it's now gone viral. People start to talk about it and, and that's it. Now, the first thing that that's, um, Facebook have actually done is they've now put little warnings on stuff that it potentially is violence or inappropriate are wrong. There's there's a warranty going on to it. So they're not doing massive amounts here. But other than that, I can't see them doing anything else there. They're sort of seeing and waiting to see what's going to happen. Is this going to blow itself up? Is it going to run out of steam? So they're, they're, there's actually consensus there. They're just sitting on their hands at the moment and just waiting. We've seen more than 150 brands and agencies now joining this boycott. And so could this be the end of Facebook? Or do you think it's just a kind of a bump in the road? First of all, this isn't the first boycott of social media companies that we've seen. In 2017, major brands um, announced that they were stopping advertisement on YouTube after ads were placed next to racist and homophobic videos. So this, this is not the first thing we've seen. So many companies have decided to boycott it, but for one month. Okay, so that's the general consensus across there. The likes of Coca-Cola, Starbucks, they've stopped for one month. But Unilever, which is one of the, the huge ends on the likes of these ads, they spend 25 million. They've stopped it now for the rest of the year. They've stopped it till January. So this has been a huge step. Okay. Oh, wow. So they're going beyond the, the kind of the standard and really putting their foot down on this. Uh, absolutely. I mean, a one-month boycott is more just to raise a tension of the issue. Absolutely. rather than an absolute game changer for Facebook. Absolutely. But the likes of Unilever have gone out and said they are going to stop stop advertising there till January. And they will be looking at other ways of, of actually spending rather than on the likes of Facebook. Now, the problem is, is Facebook advertisement works. Okay. And if you remember, Facebook collected more than 17 billion in advertising revenue in the first quarter alone. So it is huge, huge business. And it brings massive brand awareness, it brings in money coffers into whatever company brings it in. Now, if we look a little bit deeper into this, it's the small to medium companies. They're the ones that spend an awful lot of money on the likes of Facebook ads. Why? Because they need the likes of Facebook to survive. So if we look into it a little bit more deeper, it's most of the revenue is from small to medium companies. It's not the bigger buys. Yes, that's the, that's the cream on the, on the cake. That's the extra little bit to boost the revenue but the main bulk of their ads is coming from the likes of the smaller companies. So do I see the smaller companies boycotting Facebook? 
no, I can't. Why? Because that's their bread and butter. That's where most of their, their revenue comes from. So they have to. So yeah, it's, it's not- just too important to the smaller company sales process for them to boycott for too long, if at all. Absolutely. But as you see, you see people are after now being sitting in furlough for three months. You were a small business owner who's sitting at home who has done very, very little because your company needs footfall. Okay. Now with ads on Facebook, with getting your marketing out there, telling people you're open stuff like that, that is going to drive footfall back to your company. Now, can you afford now to buy cost for another month? And the answer to that is no, they can't. So they have to get out there. So it will be, the revenue will be spent on it, but not as much. And that's, and that's the thing. And this will hit them and it'll hit them quite hard. So do you think now's a good time to be investing in Facebook, having just seen a kind of a dip in share price? Or would you wait a month to see the true effect of this boycott? Well, see, I can't see, I, I physically can't see this boycott going on any further than the likes of maybe a month down the line. Yes, you have Unilever who have taken it unprecedented and done it till January, but I, will, I can see this all sort of creeping back. So yes, I actually see a huge potential in Facebook there to invest. But the thing is, you have to try find the bottom of this. You could potentially jump in at the end of the month expecting this now to be the end of it. But the news could be that it then gets extended, which means that you're not at the bottom of that. So that's notoriously difficult to try and find out where the bottom of of this drop in the stock price is. But do I expect it to actually rebound and and go back to where it was and and actually go on from strength to strength? I do. It's one of these conglomerates that it doesn't matter what sort of news comes out on it. And it just means that people are talking about Facebook, which means then it's more relevant in people's minds. So yes, um, I do think it's going to return. But the question is, is, is when is that bottom? And if you can get the very bottom there, you will make a nice chunk of change from your returns on that, whether you hold on to it short term or long term. Okay, let's talk about topic three then, which is Boeing, which is once more on a downward streak with its share price having fallen by 48% year to date. This is very true with the, with the COVID-19 that share prices having, you've seen everything drop off, but this is across the board and it's Boeing with its aviation friends have been hit massively. This industry has been absolutely riddled with the likes of COVID. You have companies gone under, you have companies letting off jobs. But as we've seen that the stock has actually risen 14% um, over the last couple of days, so which is, is, is a nice sizable move. Well, we can come back to the spike in share price um, over the last week in a little bit. But first of all, uh, they're not that bad a company, though, if you look at the financials. You know, they've just had a bit of a bad time with revenues having fallen about 19% from $94 billion three years ago to $76 billion this last school year. They have, and they've been hit harder than most through the pandemic with, with this lockdown, which means that no one's flying. They've cancelled orders of the Boeing 737 MAX, which is worth billions of dollars to them. They've also let off 16,000 employees. So they've had a pretty bad six months, to be fair. There is some potential good news, though, on the horizon. Looking at their 12-month revenue forecast, they're expected to grow about 6%. And that's basically due to um, the resumption of certificate testing for their Travel 737 MAX plane, which had a couple of crashes last year. This has caused, as you say, the share price to jump this last week. So are you positive for Boeing? The answer to that is yes. Is I'm, I'm positive on sort of all aviation across the board at the minute now. As you rightly pointed out, risen our projected 6% growth. And that comes out of a gloomy six months. 
are a company which was started in 1916. So they are a company that has, has gone through bad times. Yes, they have gone through one year, and, and I expect them to come out the other end again, but it, it depends on where they trim fast, where they go from there, and if they can actually turn this projected growth of 6%, if they can actually deliver on that, then you will have a load of upside on this because what they will do is they will potentially go on from strength to strength. Now, we have seen the biggest day and holiday booking ever in the UK. So on Saturday, the 27th of June, it was the government have announced that there was a traffic light system so people can actually travel. So if it's a green, you can actually go there and come back and you've no quarantine. Amber, you can go there, potentially quarantine. And then the red is if you go there, you're in quarantine for 14 days. So what has happened now is that on last Saturday, it hasn't been announced yet, but you have consumers looking for deals, getting flights on the cheap, and which means it's the biggest sales day in online holiday bookings ever in the UK. Now, this is all good news for the likes of Boeing, which means then they can actually start booking flights. It also means that the companies can potentially fill the orders that they actually have there. So this could be a really, really good time to actually invest in some of the aviation, but it will be a very slow process because you have the social distance on the planes. Are they going to have the middle row free, which means that the planes are only going to be two thirds full rather than full. So, but this is good news for Boeing because it gets cash flowing through their, through their business. It gets the coffers green again. You know what I mean? As, as they're now getting cash into the company, it can then potentially start to turn and actually hopefully then go on from there and into a bit of green for the, the end of the year. It sounds that like you're very positive for the airline industry, unlike Warren Buffett that we discussed uh, previously on a podcast that he's already sold all of his airline stocks. One problem that the, the likes of Boeing may have is that obviously airlines themselves have been hemorrhaging money for the last couple of months. Just recently, it's come out in the news that Norwegian Air has just cancelled an order for 97 Boeing planes, which again is going to have a huge hit on the company. When you look at it that, you see it straight away and you see the headline of 97 Boeing planes being cancelled, which you expect a huge hit. But in reality, that shouldn't really matter to them because they actually have a backlog of 4,744 planes. Yes, this order is the lowest they've had since 2013, but they are so far behind in that backlog, it, it really doesn't make any difference because it's just on an order. It's just can't get the planes out quick enough. Now, also something that's potentially going to hit their profit margin is, is that they let off 16,000 jobs. Now, a lot of those are in their factory where they're producing these Boeings, the engines and, and all the aviation parts. But the problem is, is that, yes, they have nearly 5,000 orders, but they still can't fill the orders. Even when they had 16,000 more employees, which means then that the orders are going to be filled slower which there in turn means that the revenue is going to be a little bit lower because of it. So it's a sort of a pay Peter to pay Paul. You, you're moving money around to try and try and stimulate the market, but it's not actually moving. So that's one of the things that's happening here. So yes, it is a really bad stash. It, it's more of a headline grabber than really going to affect them because they have 5,000 of a backlog anyway. So yes, in short term it may, but long term it shouldn't. And so do you be looking to invest in Boeing at the moment or are you going to see how the next couple of weeks go? But see, the thing about it is, is that you have to go into the fundamentals. You have to go into a little more depth in the likes of this. From looking at the research and podcast, it's actually quite promising. 
their market cap has grown over the last month, which is really, really good for the company. There is a potential here for anyone to invest in any of the aviation, not only the likes of Boeing, you have the likes of EasyJet, you have Delta, you have all those other companies that are, are potentially starting to move again, which means that there is potential money coming in. And if you have money coming in, if they can do this correctly, there is upside on these, but it depends on whether you're a long-term investor or short-term. If you're a short-term investor, we wouldn't be looking at the likes of these. But if you're a long-term investor and happy to go over a couple of months, then or even a year, then yes. But all to remember is Boeing cut its dividends as well. So it didn't actually pay any dividend last month. So if you're a long-term investor, you also have to take that into consideration that in the next quarter, they may not pay a dividend as well. To me, if I was the CEO, I wouldn't pay dividends again this month just to make sure that the company is in a good state before it starts paying out those dividends. Interesting. Okay, so the aviation industry is a sector that's worth uh, paying attention to. But it, it is. If, if we don't have a wave two, if we don't have that second wave, then there's, there is loads of potential upside on these likes of aviation places. Other than the aviation sector, is there anything else that people should be keeping an eye on? So what I'm looking at is, is GBP. Now, we've seen the projected shrinkage of the economy. Now, news come out this week that uh, the shrink was actually bigger than expected, which means that we're in a worse state than most people anticipated. So at the present time, I'm looking at GBP weakness. So it's a foreign exchange trade, but it's for me, it's I'm looking at anything against the likes of the GBP at the moment. And that's where I see a little bit of value this week. But the idea is if this continues, we could end up having this for two, three weeks or even a month of weakness before the government finally get in and actually start trying to do something to get the GBP a little bit stronger. Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. We hope you've all enjoyed listening. You can actually learn more about markets from Henry's weekly webinar, which is every Tuesday. Henry, how can they hear about that? Well, you can go to the eToro Trading School and you can jump in on, on the, the Tuesday webinars. Or if you're someone who is brand new to trading and want to actually jump in on a course, I am running a three-part online course and it starts on Monday the 13th of July, which means then that you can jump in. It starts at 2.30 and finishes at 4. But you can jump in on that and we can, we can go through the basics and get you to a point where you're actually learning some strategies to help you navigate or traverse the, the market, whether it's stocks, indices, commodities or cryptocurrencies. The market is not as hard as, as everyone thinks. It's the psychology is the hardest thing. Perfect. And that's all under eToro Trading School. You can find out further information. Well, thanks for that. And we will speak to you all next week. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.